You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's go around the league with a great friend of the program, DJ Shockley, the former Falcons quarterback. DJ, I'm sure, based on your connection to the club, that you were pleased with the outcome of the game in Detroit. But as a viewer and a football fan, wasn't that an unsatisfying ending with the 10-second runoff, which was the correct call? I mean, it's the rule, and I mean, it's part of the game. And even Coach Caldwell after the game mentioned, hey, that's the right rule, and it is what it is, and we got to uh, do a better job at it. And even if it's unsatisfying for a lot of different people, I still look at it as the Detroit Lions had the ball on the one-yard line with 19 seconds to go, and it took to that third attempt to possibly get in the end zone. But you're one yard away, and you're still trying to throw the football on first and second down and you're not able to get the ball in the end zone. So they had their chances, and they just did not execute it in the ball game. So uh, it, it turned out uh, in the Falcons' way. And if, you know, you're, you're a fan of Atlanta, you're from Atlanta, you've seen many of situations like this <laughs> not go your way. Yeah, yes, DJ. it's typically the Falcons finding a way to lose that game, right? Absolutely, absolutely. DJ, when watching that game, you know, you talked about a couple of games, you talked about execution, and you know in the, in the red zone and, and – and, in moments that's as tense as that moment is, knowing that you have to score as opposed to kick a field goal to win the game. Uh, when looking at that, when it comes to, a, let's just say, a scheme uh, to execution and situational football, what, you t- what did you take away from that game that caused you to be a little worried about the Atlanta Falcons, uh, considering that we know this is a team that doesn't know how to finish well all the time? I mean, there were three turnovers by the quarterback, which is not the norm. Uh, what did you take? Are you just basically saying that was an ugly win? Or are you saying that there are a lot of things they need to, to sharpen in order to be considered and maintain being that best team from a record standpoint in the NFC? I think it's a, it's a number of things that you can look at in this ball game, and you can say, okay, here's a situation where the Falcons usually don't play this type of football. You, you, you talk about the three interceptions; two of them were deflections, and you know that usually doesn't happen, but it's part of the game. Even late in the ball game, they had a couple penalties by uh, Trufant that he hardly ever does. He has a, a holding call that's on the backside of an end cut that had nothing uh, to do with the play. Then. Uh, the, the play to get him down to the end zone with the pass interference where, you know, he kind of panics right there. Those type of things by the veteran guys, you don't see happen much from this Falcons team, and it, it showed his head. But then if you look on the positive side of it, this is the second time in three games where a team has had the ball inside the five-yard line to win the ball game, and your defense finds a way to win the ball game. And obviously you don't want those things to happen, but anytime you get roll wins, anytime you get a chance, to extend a drive or uh, make a play when it's there and you make the play, it's a positive to think about. And I think all those things that happen are things that they can correct. Uh, catching the football on simple check down routes or, or something that you can improve on. And Trufant is a guy who's been to the Pro Bowl. He's one of the top corners in the league. He'll learn from this as he gets his footing back, coming back from the injury from last year. So there were a couple scenarios that you look back and say, oh, these could have hurt you and you could have lost the ball game. By the end of the day, you had a chance to win it at the end of the game, and your defense, that's your offense, two out of three times this season has already stepped up to the plate and won the game for you. Well, I'm not sure the defense made those plays, if we're going to be transparent, DJ, on the road Chicago. Didn't the Bears drop two passes, or did I miss something watching that game? I mean, it happens. I mean, it, it, it was 
you think about the second one where he dropped the ball right there at the one-yard line. Uh, here comes, you know, Rocky Alford with a big hit. But you're right. I mean, they didn't make the plays, and the Falcons end up benefiting from it. So, uh, one way or another, the Falcons' defense gets the credit. They have to. I mean, you know, I, 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 I Coach Kyra always used to say this all the time when we were in Pittsburgh is you're not as good as you think you are and not as bad as they say you are. So how do you find that balance of knowing that you're considered and touted as the best team in the NFC, squeaked away a win, knowing the history of this organization and how they go about their business? And I know people, you're probably saying, why people are sounding this way, man? They, they're undefeated. They won the game. Why don't they just have, let them have their moment? Well, we saw what happened last year. And you can't take any of those moments. You mentioned Trufant and the mistake he made. You mentioned uh, Matt Ryan and the mistakes he made. How do you allow the, 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 the mindset to be one that says, you know what, we won the game, but at the same time, they really did beat us because they really did get a touchdown. It just so happened they need to touch the ground. Corey, I think it's a good point, and I think it's one that the Falcons definitely walked out of Detroit, walked out of Chicago with a sigh of relief like, hey, we might have stole one, we might have stole two. And you go back and you watch the film and you correct those mistakes. And the next time you're in that position, next time you're in that opportunity, then hopefully you can learn from what happened last time and you make a better decision. So it's one of those things that you have to learn and grow from, and you got to be on the field and go through it to be able to understand how to get through it the next time. And uh, you're spot on. This team could easily be one and two right now, yeah. and people are looking at them at a whole in a whole other light. But you know, hey, like I said, you stole a, a couple of them, and now you're three and zero, and it was three NFC games. So maybe that's going to help you down the road as well if you have if you seem to falter. But I think because you were in the Super Bowl, you had that happen to you because you've been on the road two out of three games, and you might have slipped through. That later in the season, you learn from all those different situations, and it helps you become a better team and finish those games that you probably wouldn't finish if you hadn't gone through it. Go around the league with our pal DJ Shockley, the former Falcons quarterback. DJ, you know the NFC South well. Cam Newton did not look good again. Three picks against a, in all candor, lousy New Orleans defense. Carolina's D got pounded by the Saints. And you got the Patriots coming up next week, taking on the Panthers. Is this team dealing with some real issues? Yeah, I think they are. Uh, obviously, you thought Cam would struggle simply because he – was a little bit limited throughout training camp, and he's, you know, coming off the injury, and, you know, it's going to take us some time to find that cohesion with all the guys offensively that they brought in. So you expected that. But you didn't expect their defense who, you know, brought back Julius Peppers, who some people may think he's done, but he felt like he's, you know, still got it. You got Keekley and Davis and all those guys. You got some good pass rushers. But you didn't expect that defense to struggle the way they did. Obviously, Drew Brees is who he is, but still – this is a defense in New Orleans Saints you thought you should be able to dominate. And Cam and that offense still has not found that cohesion. And I think they have some real issues. Cam's been real inaccurate. Uh, you've seen the past couple of weeks he's missed wide open guys, not just for first downs or, or picking up yardage. He missed guys in the end zone. He's missed big plays. And I think they have some real issues offensively. I think defensively they can find a way to get back to the old Carolina Panthers. But right now, you got to go into Foxborough to play New England, and Brady's been hot in the last couple of weeks. He's coming off the big win versus Houston with the come-behind win, so they're going to be feeling good, and then we know how hard it is to win in Foxborough versus Tom Brady in the past. 
EJ, I want to talk about something that was that was mentioned yesterday in the latter part of the day on the First and Gold show with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson uh, that basically covers everything, uh, the National Football League. Um, the question was asked about the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, it was about Andrew Luck. And you see Jacoby Brissett playing solid last week against uh, the Cardinals. Uh, came down to an interception in overtime, but the team is playing much better with him at the quarterback position to getting a victory against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that's all they want to see is the team just get better. Uh, with with him coming in, you know, being taught by Josh McDaniels and, and having the mindset of understanding how to play the position, how do you deal with Andrew Luck when he's healthy? Because this team, when it comes to building them, it's a rebuilding process for the Indianapolis Colts across the board. Uh, there's been conversations about Andrew Luck maybe uh, throughout his camp or just pundits around the league saying that there's some stories being talked about. Maybe they may be true, alleged stories uh, that maybe uh, you deal Andrew Luck off because of the big signing bonus money that you've given him. But yet here it is, you have a Jacoby Brissett who's playing solid football. He's not worth that much in a sense of value in dollars and cents, but you could get so much for Andrew Luck if that's an opportunity. Do you think that's, you think that sounds realistic? Is that, just, just you know, crazy conversation, or there's an opportunity from a business standpoint for the coach to benefit from this, to find some players to build his team. You know what? After being around this league for so long and watching the business part of it, it's totally realistic. I mean, you, you just go back to, you know, I know Peyton was in the you know latter part of his career, but if you're in a position where you can benefit from it from a team standpoint of moving on from somebody and gaining something else then business-wise, they're going to do it. So, realistically, I do believe it can happen with Andrew Luck. And they, I think Brissett will have, what, three or four more games to prove himself before Andrew Luck gets on the field and actually gets in the game action. That's just, he's going to be practicing for the next three, four weeks. Right. So, uh, it's still going to take another two or three or four weeks. We've seen it with Cam. It's going to be week four, and he still hasn't found his cohesion. Do they not have time in this season to get Andrew Luck back right while you're trying to get him in just because he makes a lot of money. But if you have a guy in Brousset who you mentioned is not costing you as much in dollars since, but is still getting the job done and younger, then why not go in that, uh, that way simply because he's going to help your team and help your team right now as opposed to trying to get a guy in just because you're paying him tons of money. DJ, we had a little bit of a hiccup in your phone line. I think it was call waiting. Jim Mercer calling you and Cordell to tell you you're nuts. I'm going to handle Cordell when it comes to this matter in the next hour of the program. We'll address this at 525 Eastern. I just have to move on because yeah, I need please to take do, a moment Because it's real. Go DJ, ahead. DJ, we have limited time with you, so let's wrap it up with Jameis Winston. I'm a huge fan. Back-to-back 4,000-yard passing seasons to start his career. After poor decision-making at Florida State, he's growing up in the NFL. What happened yesterday? Case Keenum looked like a Hall of Famer against a good Tampa Bay defense, and Winston was a turnover machine with the three picks. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Jameis, though. I mean, that's what you get with Jameis Winston. And we all seen the hard knocks, and you, know, you, you saw Dirk Cutter trying to talk him out of, you just can't make those bad decisions, those bad throws, and he just has it in him to always want to force the issue at times. He's just that gunslinger type of player, and I wonder how long Dirk Cutter can deal with it. And if he wants to be known as one of the elite quarterbacks, and I thought coming to the season just like you did, I, I thought he was trending upwards, uh, and obviously he took a step back this week with his performance, but he's one of those guys that you got to 
hold your breath every time he throws the football because you're not sure if he's making a good decision or he's just trying to win the game for you with, with one single throw. And he has to realize he's hurting his team. And if, until he realizes that he can't make those type of decisions, those mistakes throughout a ball game, then he's going to continue to hurt his team. And Tampa Bay will always be in the middle of the pack. And until he become, becomes that guy and takes care of the football better, then Tampa Bay will still be a team that – will be in the middle of the NFC and middle of the entire National Football League because of the guy who's pulling the trigger. DJ, great information as always. We appreciate you taking the time. I know you go on many shows because you're in demand. Let me give you some advice. <laughs> Do not suggest that the Colts trade Andrew Luck if you appear on another show, okay? <laughs> all right, man. Y'all, y'all be good and be well. This is the only show that I really want. Oh, so it's all good. Yeah. I heard you did some stuff in Atlanta, but we're a worldwide brand. I don't know here. what show that was. I don't recall that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank well, you, DJ. You make it, be well. Stop making up stuff, man. Come on. Yeah, fake news. <laughs> he, he does it all the time. Alternative facts. We'll talk to you next week, DJ. <laughs> all right, later. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.